The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. The Pharisees approached Jesus and asked, Is it lawful for a husband to divorce his wife? They were testing him. He said to them in reply, What did Moses command you? They replied, Moses permitted a husband to write a bill of divorce and dismiss her. But Jesus told them, Because of the hardness of your hearts, he wrote you this commandment. But from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, no human being must separate. In the house, the disciples again questioned Jesus about this. He said to them, Whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery against her. And if she divorces her husband and marries another, she commits adultery. And people were bringing children to him that he might touch them. But the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he became indignant and he said to them, Let the children come to me. Do not prevent them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Amen, I say to you, whoever does not accept the kingdom of God like a child will not enter it. Then he embraced them and blessed them, placing his hands on them. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you. Thank you for bringing along the perfect accompaniment to today's gospel. (laughs) Right on cue. If anybody was saying, get that kid out of here, make him shut up. Well, Jesus said something different. He said, let the children come to me. As our little child is raising his voice in praise of God, we also have the choir here beginning now, beginning today at the 11 a.m. Mass through the, the coming year, joining Brett, joining Tanya, our cantor. Uh, the choir is back here, so it's wonderful to have all of you raising your voices in praise of God. So thank you for, for being here and helping us to lift our hearts in prayer. Father Peter is away on vacation this week with, with his family, so I'm stepping in for him. I'm Father Tom Carr, and I'm in charge of the seminary here at Our Lady of Grace with our, our seminarians who are here serving and assisting at the Mass. Today's scriptures, today's liturgy, gives us some of the most beautiful and some of the most challenging words in the Bible, all put together, right next to each other. Some of the most beautiful and the most challenging. So let's start with the most challenging and get them out of the way. Sadducees come up to Jesus and they ask him about divorce in order to test him. Teacher, is it lawful? for a husband to divorce his wife. Certainly, all of us, either in our own lives or in our families or among our friends, 
have been touched by or know people touched by the reality of divorce. It's part of our human brokenness and fallenness. Sometimes it's the best possible solution in a terrible, terrible situation where something's gone terribly wrong. But no one can say that it's a wonderful thing. No one who has been touched by the reality of divorce celebrates it and is happy about it and says, wow, this was what I, this was, what I was hoping for from the beginning. It's always a tragedy. It brings sadness. It brings pain. If there are children involved, it brings pain most of all to the children of divorce. There's a book that our provincial Father Jim Walther got for all of us last year. It's called Primal Losses. It's the testimony of adult children of divorce who are usually looked over in the course of divorce proceedings, or the parents, the the mother and the father, will say, well, we're having such a hard time. It'll be best for our kids if we separate. It'll be better for everybody. So they decide that for their kids. Well, in this book, it's kind of the eyewitness testimony of now adults, adult children of divorce, who are able to speak up for themselves and say, you know, here are some of the long-lasting effects that come from the decision my mother and my father made years ago. It's a very interesting book. If you or someone that you know is an adult child of divorce, you might look up primal losses. No one can celebrate it and say, it's a wonderful thing, it's, it's what we hoped for, and now everything just goes forward beautifully. It's always accompanied by pain, by sadness, and a need for a lot of healing. And so Jesus says, because of the hardness of your hearts, this accommodation was made. He doesn't celebrate it and jump up and down. But he doesn't stop there either, because he doesn't let the hardness of our hearts or the brokenness of our lives become the ultimate measure of reality. Because he goes on to say, but from the beginning, God had something else in mind. We heard about that in the first reading. In the beginning, God created them male and female. A man should leave his mother and father and cling to his wife and the two become one. You know, each of us carries in ourselves that longing for communion. We might deny it because maybe it's been frustrated, maybe it's been hurt, maybe it's been taken advantage of, but we can't really deny that it's there. And you know what? It's something that God put there from the beginning. God put it there from the beginning. And as wounded, as twisted, as difficult and conflicted as it might be, what God made from the beginning is never completely undone. Even by our human weakness or our frailty, even by our sin. And so going back to that origin, 
God's original plan for us tells us something much truer about ourselves, who we are, who we're made to be, and what to make of all of those things we find in our hearts. Tells us much more than simply looking at our woundedness and our brokenness. But so often, we get stuck on our woundedness and brokenness and say, that's the deepest truth, that's the ultimate measure of who I am, and the best I can do is just make the best I can make out of it. I'll just take all the broken pieces, try to put them back together, but I end up with broken pieces that can't hold water. Or I piece back together kind of a Frankenstein monster, and it doesn't quite work so well, but it's the best I can do. But you know what? God doesn't want us to be a bunch of broken pieces. And God doesn't want us to just be a bunch of fragments glued and taped back together. What God willed from the beginning remains God's will for us. Our full and perfect happiness. And something so close to the core of that happiness is that desire for communion. That desire to be known as we truly are. To be welcomed and received and to be loved as we are. But we're very wounded in all of those areas. We can be fearful of being known as we are because we think that our woundedness is their deepest identity. It's like if you really knew who I was, then you'd run away from me in fear. You wouldn't accept me, and you couldn't love me. But how does God look at us? God sees beyond our woundedness and our brokenness, God sees what He created from the beginning. God sees His unique and unrepeatable image that each one of us bears. God sees our identity. And it's that vision, that sight of God looking upon us that can help take us beyond our brokenness. And help us maybe start to realize that there is more to us than sometimes we give ourselves credit because of what God has given us. In the mystery of marriage is the natural sign of this supernatural reality that God also wants. In the second reading, spoke about how Christ took on our human flesh. He drew so close to us, knowing us as we are, knowing our woundedness, knowing our sins. He knows them so well because He took the weight of our sins on Himself. That's not hidden from Him. But He saw even more. For a little while, it said, He became lower than the angels. He took on our human nature so that He could taste death. So that we could taste the gift of life that God willed for us from the beginning. The mystery of that union between man and woman, we read in Paul's letter to the Ephesians, is also a sign of that union between Christ and His church. How close God wants to be to each one of us. We're gathered here for Mass. We're about to hear these words of Jesus. This is my body given for you. Isn't that what 
the exchange of love between man and woman in marriage is meant to be? This is myself given for you. And in return, I receive the gift of yourself. We do that in halting, stumbling ways. Isn't that the meaning of religious consecration? This is my life gathered together, taken up in my hands, and given over in service to the church. This is my body given for you. We do that in humbling, faltering ways. God does that in a perfect, unfailing way. This is my body given for you. And that giving of oneself for another brings life. That's why the little children show up at the end of today's Gospel when there's all this talk about marriage. Even the apostles wanted to separate children from marriage, didn't they? (laughs) Okay, marriage is a fine thing, it's difficult, but keep the kids away. And Jesus said, no, actually, they go together. (laughs) They go together. They're supposed to belong together. How much more so that giving of his life for us gives us life and makes us fruitful for others as well so that we can go out and through our love nourish and support and sustain life in one another. From the beginning, God willed that our desire for communion should lead us beyond ourselves, should lead us toward one another, and should lead us ultimately together toward God. And from the beginning, God willed that that longing and desire in our hearts would not be turned in on ourselves in narcissism and selfishness, seeking only our own comfort, but that that desire would be poured out in love that gives life to others. This was God's plan from the beginning, and it's the thing that makes us come most alive ourselves. But sometimes we measure ourselves only by our brokenness. We're afraid of being known because we think our deepest identity is our woundedness, and we're afraid that if someone knows us, they'll see our woundedness, they won't accept us, and no way will they love us. But God is the one who knows us most deeply. He knows all our brokenness and so much more. And in Jesus Christ, the Lord not only welcomes us, but He calls us and draws us close like the little children who are unruly. You can't predict when a kid's going to scream or cry or fall asleep or say something really inappropriate. Sounds just like us, doesn't it? God welcomes us. He draws us close And God gives to us His perfect love so that filled with His love, we can be instruments and vessels of love and of life for others. We have a very challenging Scripture and a most beautiful revelation. The truth is, we would not know our dignity and how profound God's love is for us. We would not know that if God had not revealed it to us in Jesus Christ. Because all we would be left with is our awareness of the broken pieces that we do our best to put back together. 
But God has revealed to us so much more from the beginning. God willed our good, our happiness, and the fullness of life for us. And in this Eucharist, the Lord strengthens, heals, and renews that will. And the Lord calls us into this communion of love with Himself and with one another as members of His body. What a great mystery God has revealed to us. What profound love. And what goodness. And what God planned from the beginning. Which is still God's will for us. That we come to the fullness of life in Him. Let's bring to the altar today our own brokenness, our own woundedness, but maybe especially those who are in difficult or challenging marriages, situations, those who deal with those wounds of brokenness, that they might see beyond those wounds to this mystery of even deeper love that God reveals. Let's pray for those who are seeking marriage, uh, seeking someone to make a life of marriage with. Let's pray for those who are preparing for marriage. Let's pray for couples and their children the Lord strengthen and sustain them in their life together. Let's pray for one another as members of the body of Christ because we all share this common vocation, this common calling of union with Christ, union with God in Christ, which is a fruitful love that allows us in whatever state of life, in whatever condition we are, with whatever forces or strengths or difficulties or weaknesses we have, allows us to make the gift of ourselves so that others may also find life in Christ. Let's pray that that plan of God from the beginning be realized a little more fully in us today. And that we never stop letting God know us as we truly are. Receive and welcome us as He did the little children. And pour out His unfailing love given to us in Jesus Christ our Lord.